1: Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. Psychic Josh Landy is in his So Style room. Hi Josh. Boyd, we've
0: been away too long. Oh, we've been away too
1: long. Apologies to our loyal listeners who've obviously been craving the sound of our North London suburban voices. I mean, that's just me. I don't know about you. Where were you born, Josh? Have I ever asked you that?
0: In which hospital? The the Hammersmith Hospital, but I grew up oh. in Hen- grew up in Hendon.
1: Hendon, okay.
0: W- which hospital was? Uh, um,
1: I was, was born yours? in I was born in Clapton in the East, in the East End. Sure, sure. yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was the Hackney Hospital, um, but I grew up in Clapton as well. So I'm an East Ender, really.
0: Yeah. I so everybody. what? Is, so why Arsenal, Boyd? That's the that's the um, question.
1: Well, it was either Arsenal or Spurs or West Ham. Really, they were the closest, mm. and um. I watched Arsenal when I was about five, win the FA Cup, and that was it. I mean, why wouldn't you? You'd support them, obviously. I carried on. My dad was a Spurs fan. I rebelled against him. But more importantly, we've got an excellent guest. I'm calling him. You've heard of VAR. This is V-O-R. Voice of reason. Ricky Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know there's a little bit of Alan Partridge about that intro, but I don't, I don't apologise
2: <laughs> for it. I'll take that, Boyd. i definitely take that. I'll, I was also... My dad's also a Spurs fan. Um, shock horror! Yeah. So um, I'm rebels. But... Rebels. Rebels. Yeah. Although well, I was, we... I was born. Yeah, I was born close to. I was born at the Royal Free Hospital. Oh, uh, Amazing. In Hampstead, so yeah, a bit nice. closer to Arsenal.
0: Boy, do you think if you had become a West Ham fan, would you have now disowned them after Kurt Zuma's behaviour?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I. Do you know what? If I if Kurt Zuma played for Arsenal, I would be unrelenting in my fury. If we'd have played him in, in, a, in a game immediately after him, not only kicking the cat, basically hitting the cat and throwing the cat in the, in the presence of his own son while his moronic brother videoed it and put it and posted it on fucking whatever it was, Snapchat or whatever. I mean, or the other one. What's the other one? TikTok. Instagram. Instagram, Instagram TikTok. I mean, the whole thing. I would have absolutely no compunction in calling for him to, to be ostracised in the group. In the, I mean, I wouldn't want to see him play for this club again, to be honest. That's just my feeling. I'm, I'm, I'm with Graham Souness on this one. Did you see him on, um, on Sunday? He I certainly did. Because he was very funny about he, just the way he expressed it, it was like he was critiquing a player for a footballer for like you know being too rough or something, or be you know sliding down a player in a tackle or something. The way he described the cat, the cat didn't do anything wrong. I'm paraphrasing, maybe slightly. Um, of course, the cat didn't do anything wrong, Graham. But I, I, I take your point. You're, I agree with you. You know, get rid of Zuma. Can't stand him. Anyway, on to well, there's loads to discuss, isn't there, lads? Because because it has been ages since we were on there is the triumphant victory against wolves. Mainly we haven't been on to discuss. We came out from 10 men, loads of issues there. I mean, you know, the sending off the two bookings, are we being persecuted by referees? We've, I know we've done this before. We're going to have to do it again. Is there a conspiracy against us? Is it all in the mind? Are they subconsciously, you know, sending off our players just because of some subconscious way there regarding Arsenal. Um, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. I mean, we haven't really discussed fully the 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 um, selling of Aubameyang and all that, and what you know, the the kind of thinning out of our squad. I mean, but anyway, where should we begin? Let's begin, shall we, with the fact that we are currently in a very good position in the league. I mean, we've got games in hand because we've now played the fewest of all of our rivals. Um, we've got three games in hand over West Ham, I believe, um, who are above us. But basically. I know it's a big if, but if we win, you know, quite a substantial number of games in the near future, we've got a really good chance of getting fourth, Ricky. I mean, well, oh, go on, Josh.
0: Well, no, we're, we're favourites for fourth, we're you know, favorites. now, and we and we have to accept that and enjoy that and, and the bit of pressure that will come with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, United are, are, are playing in half now, so invariably they'd have played by the time this podcast goes out. But we'll have three games in hand on on them as well in the in a couple of hours' time. <laughs>
1: Is it, Josh, oh, sorry, um, Ricky, is it down to our own um, back playing better than we thought we would and Arteta doing better than we might have suspected? Or is it really down to, if we're being realistic, the fact that the Spurs' Manu managers in particular have been unbelievable, kind of, um, I mean, compared to what we might have expected, quite disastrous. Um, I mean, or, or is it, you know, is it a bit of both? Is it actually that we're kind of doing better than we thought we would?
2: No, I think the weekend was a strange one. What between the three teams that were competing against, they got two points, right? Yeah. Um, and one of those points was with pretty much the last kick of the game in West Ham or last, last uh, what would you call it—the upper arm of the game with uh, West in West Ham's case. I. It was a brilliant weekend. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't have to lose to Chelsea, and we, uh, you know, all the other teams around us foughted. We are in an unbelievable position. Almost, almost, uh, with such a long time to go, it's almost like too good. You just feel like, you know, there's such a long, ch- long time for us to throw, throw it away. But however we get there, by hook or by crook, as they say, if we manage to scrape forth, it not only it will be a great achievement, but forget how we get there. It will just be such a big boost for the club. Yeah, in terms of potentially who we can bring in, but just. I know it sounds very uh a bit lame, but having been out for for such a long time, just hearing that champagne music again at at the Emirates will just be, it'll be fantastic. I I think it would have also come a little bit earlier than, well, definitely earlier than most Arsenal fans would expect. You know, at the beginning of the season, I, for one, was just like, it's not a chance of finishing fourth. It's fifth. It's the top. It's, Mm. you know, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United have improved upon what they did last season, finished second. They're definitely going to come to the top top four. That was even before they signed Ronaldo. Obviously, you know, that signing has seemed to have backfired, but, um, yeah. So if, to be in with a chance is great, but I think if we didn't make it, if we did finish fifth, you couldn't say that it was a failure. I don't think you could say it was a failure, but it would be we would have let it slip through our fingers because the teams around us have been so poor, especially Man United's been so poor. There's nothing, there's no reason why we shouldn't really finish above West Ham or Spurs. Even at the beginning of the season, you wouldn't say there's a reason why we shouldn't finish above West Ham or Spurs. So the fact that Man United have basically said, right, there you go, there's an open door. If anyone wants to go in, be our guests, um, then I think it would be disappointing if we didn't finish fourth. But I don't think that's the sort of thing that you could really throw at the manager and say, you know, you've really messed up. Having said that, we might all be saying that coming in the season. Because already now, friends of mine are, you know, if only we hadn't lost to Everton, or if only we hadn't dropped points against Burnley, which is a completely true. But so that's exactly what West Ham, Man U and you uh, and Spurs fans are saying as well. Is Is,
1: is there a... All I I agree with you broadly, but I wonder whether, Josh, um, that we might regret. This is such a moment, isn't it? As as Ricky says, it's such a moment. It's so unexpected, and yet we're, we're in such a good position for all of those reasons that the fact that we weakened, we materially, I think, objectively weakened the squad over the transfer window. Particularly, I'm thinking, you know, Aubameyang, and I know all the reasons, but You can't say... At the beginning of the season, if you said halfway through the season we're going to sell Aubameyang and not buy another striker, no one could argue that is weakening our squad, could they? And and they're sending out on loan of Ainsley Maitland-Niles, you know, particularly, I would say, you know, means we've got a very, very thin midfield and a very thin attack, right? And so, if... The fact that the club didn't go by hook or by crook, we need to strengthen, take advantage of this moment in time where we could finish fourth, as Ricky says, earlier than we could ever expected or hoped... That worries me a bit that we're all going to go, you know, if we do lose any of these, in quotes, in very heavy quotes, winnable games, and we you know, we still have trouble scoring goals, that goal was very scrappy, obviously, against Wolves. Are we going to regret, you know, are we going to be in a position to criticise the club, not necessarily Arteta, but the club for not, for weakening, I think, the squad? There's a
0: definite gamble that has <laughs> taken place, and it's an unusual one to see, so many players leave. I mean, it is an extraordinary number going back to last summer. Um, you're looking at a list here. Willock, Torreira, made Niles, Kalazinath Chambers, Bamiyang. And then you go back to last summer and it was, you know, no, no more William, Bellerin, uh, Renarson, you know, Guendouzi and Saliba, you know, still not coming back from their time. Pablo Mari. Louis living in the club. You know, when you, when you look at the players that have come in, we've we've credited the club, you know, on numerous occasions during during the last sort of six months of a season on all of those players making an impact in why Odegaard, Ramsdale, Tomiyasu, Lukonga, Tavares, but to leave it in a situation where we have got Lacazette, who is by no means firing on all cylinders, as an option up front, and Eddie Nketiah, um, who. I think the majority of the fan base will, will, you know, yes, we feel positive towards him, but probably think he's not quite at the level. That is a huge gamble for a team now expected to come forth. That is an unusually weak uh, forward line. And, you know, what we're hearing from training of Martinelli increasingly being used as a number yeah. nine yeah. makes sense because we're going to need another option to, to get us over the line. So it's a huge gamble, but, Isn't it nice to see the club have a a focus and a structure? And you know what? They so clearly um, wanted Vlavic to come in, the striker, You know that seemed to very much get into the public domain and probably Arsenal were used a little bit to get the real transfer that he desired. But in not getting the first choice, there wasn't a rush to suddenly, you know, in January, rush and and take a a second choice who they didn't really want. And you know what? If that means the sign of things to come then I think we all have to get behind it. And I was at Wolves on on Thursday night. really enjoyed the the trip there. And again, we've mentioned on this podcast, I just think this is the most united the fan base has been in such a a long time. There is a real goodwill to this set of players. And yes, we saw some of the comments from the Wolves players taking the piss out of the way Arsenal are celebrating. But I think there is a slight feeling of, you know, again, reinforced by another, sending off us against the world. And it's united the players and the fan base. Um, it's a small squad, but 16 games to go. I think we've got to be absolutely thrilled with where we are when you think about how the first you know, three games went, right? Because to have clawed it back from that position as well um, is brilliant. But um, yeah, it's a hell of a risk.
1: I mean, you mentioned the, yeah. We should one thing I think we can all agree on is that um, the wolves this the wolves players having a go at Arsenal, Ricky for over celebrating I mean, fuck that, honestly. Like you play you play a lot a huge amount of a game. You go down to ten men in a really weird, unusual circumstances. We'll 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 look into that in a sec. Whatever you think about it, it's fairly you know al- almost unprecedented, if not quite, that he was sent off. The team has an incredible backs-to-the-wall um, achievement in, in still winning the game, and and it's and with battling for fourth. And you asked the players to not to, to not over-celebrate. I mean, that was ridiculous, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, I think I think sort of took that with a pinch of salt, I did see, I'm sure most Arsenal fans have seen Wolves's the actual Fisher Wolves tweet, yes. which is a little bit pathetic. But I think, in fairness, I I heard Conor Cody's comments and I saw Ruben Neves's, and I think their argument was. It was they were using it as a way to big themselves up by saying Arsenal players were so happy that they beat Wolves and it shows how far we've come. And yeah, of course, you know, it's easy to cut that comment down and make it look as if they were taking the Mickey out of Arsenal and saying that we celebrated like we won the league. But I think the point was, you know, that showed wolves how far they've come and that, you know, if Arsenal can beat Wolves and have to celebrate that much, then it's it's you know, they're bigger themselves up. But Again, like you know, are any Arsenal fans really bothered about what you know how Wolves players look us? Um, I know I'm not. It doesn't really. But I don't think, it's, don't think it's worth. worth that's why. Playing. That's why
1: you're the voice of reason, Ricky. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's see how far that extends to the the sending off. Oh, go on, Josh.
0: I've got to say, there were some. I don't know if you've seen any of the videos that circulated on social media of the Wolves fans. Yes. Um, in well, basically the the Wolves away end is probably the most annoying away end in in the country, in that it's um, only about 15 rows back, and you're all the way the, across the the lower tier. It's very hard to generate an atmosphere. But what it does mean is behind all the Arsenal fans, all the way along are the hospitality uh, boxes. And there was some extraordinary goading of of, of these Wolves fans and uh, particularly going on in my area where I've seen a lot of the videos that were taken have been uh, posted Um, to the extent where there was a a massive uh, bloke of a Wolves fan who was gesticulating as if he was going to punch through what must be exceptionally thick um, glass. You'd hope, you'd hope. Um, But he was like weighing it up. I mean, he obviously had a few drinks and he was weighing up, is it worth me going through this glass to try and get to these Arsenal fans uh, that are goading me? But there was a lot of uh, the gesticulation as if it's, you know, see you outside kind of environment. But if ever you're going to get fans goading each other, a sure way to do it is to ensure there is metal uh, and glass between them, sorry, uh, because you know nothing is really going to happen. But it was entertaining absolutely absolutely you're going to talk about the sending off but let's what talk about, did you about make the sending of off yeah
1: um first of all i think it's interesting that um i think in the in the coverage of it afterwards i mean there first of all there was um there was martin keon on BT sport who showed the game live who was definitely um thought it was ridiculous who was the pundit on with him um who disagreed um funnily enough Jolie and lescott Jolie and lescott thank you um they were both like you know Expressed their frankly, obviously, you know, biased positions, but fair enough. Then, us, then in the media, like in the coverage on uh, Match of the Day and on um, Five Live and BT Sport afterwards with Rio Ferdinand and all that discussion, seemed to be the, the, the general p- feeling, seemed to be even though it was within the letter of the law, and obviously two bookings means a red card, and Max Rushton, if you listen to Max Rushton, who I love, by the way on Guardian Football Weekly, he was making fun of Martin and of Arsenal fans in general, you know, saying, well, two yellow cards, however close together they are, is still ascending off. That's still within the rules. And he's right. But I think the general feeling was, separate this from all the other, we'll speak about the whole conspiracy theory thing in a minute. It was just so unusual. And there was an example, I think, in International Football, wasn't there, fairly recently? Chris where, Baird. Right. Yeah, he, he Northern was, Ireland. Northern Ireland. He was sent off a similar similar situation, and they appealed, and it was, appeal was rejected. So you could say actually, there was the one president there was backs up the referee in what he was doing, and that not only was it within the rules, but it has happened before, and therefore it wasn't that ridiculous thing to do. I think as an Arsenal fan, it's difficult to not to think of it as an overreaction, and he could easily, as Arteta said, have even though it is within the letter of the law, it felt pernickety and, and slightly uh, like an irritable referee to actually do that. to so a player who had committed hardly any fails previous to that in the game, maybe one may, possibly. So I did feel it. Well, I was stunned and amazed and shocked um, that he sent him off. That was my honest reaction. Equally, I can see the referee's point of view, and I kind of think I'll get you. I, I will get you to say what you think in a minute. Um, this is a long spiel, but my final thing I'll say on this: I think the referee in that game, and people had videos of fouls earlier in the game that weren't booked. He started out very leniently to both teams. If you remember, there were there were fouls committed by both players, both teams. I think White had a foul that was could have easily been booked for. Um, I think Gabrielle had a had a foul that could easily he could have been booked. He was eventually booked for time wasting. But in all these cases, he was being lenient. And then at some point, he decided, right, I've got to start booking players. And he did book players from both sides. And then he ended up sending off. I think he'd got fucking pissed off by the way our players were behaving, including, by the way, Gabriel being a bit stupid by faking injury. He faked injury. And he was told to get off the pitch, and he didn't. And that was after he'd got booked. He was lucky, in some ways, to stay on the pitch. All of this leads me to say, because I'm so scrupulously fair, I can't actually see it from the referee's point of view, and I don't think it's part of an enormous conspiracy against Arsenal, but it was, he could easily have let him stay on the pitch. Ricky, what do you think?
2: Um, yeah, I don't really think much different to you. I think, yeah, of course he could have said, look, you're getting a yellow card for the either foul, watch it, don't make another one. I do, it, I, I do think he actually made the most fouls. Obviously, two of them were in quick session. I do think he made the most fouls of any player on the pitch, albeit playing a fair bit less than the rest but and I and I saw the videos and I agree with what you said about other players like I think Cedric Suarez made two thousand quick session and he was probably lucky not to get booked. but I think it's also dependent on what kind of foul it was you know Ruben Neves made one foul he got a yellow cup it, it doesn't it doesn't matter always how many fouls it also depends on what the foul was yes we can we can say that Um, we were hard done by, and yes, we can say that the ref could have done this, could have done that, but I'd hope I'd like to think that Arteta is also putting Martinelli to one side and saying, Listen, you push someone in the face, or you attempted to stop the throne being taken, which he didn't succeed in doing, but he did push Podens in the face, which chances are you're going to get booked. Don't then run, even he didn't even need to make the foul, the second foul in the first place for me. It's very easy, and I will admit that I'm I'm probably playing it down because we won the game. Like Martinelli will unfortunately miss Brentford at home, but um, if you had to pick of all the games, it's not it's not the worst game to miss. Um, It's not the best, but it's not the worst. Uh, We won the game. We defended fantastically after we um, conceded. After we got the man sent off, and yeah, it's easy for me to be like, yeah, he's a bit of a blanco. He shouldn't have got sent off. There's no conspiracy against Arsenal um it's a nonsense like an absolute nonsense um and you know it was was frustrating but i blame martin any more than i blame the ref for following the rules like i don't like refs but all he did was he saw martin only make two bookable uh offenses and and booked him twice the fact that it was within five seconds of each other for me is like well yeah it's those are the rules
1: if there, if we there were agreed, there isn't a conspiracy against us, Josh. It is possible, isn't it? That and and people like Alan Algar have, have, have talked about, you know, the num- sheer number of um, unfair decisions that have gone against us in recent times. And Albino um, tweeted, didn't he? A, a really a kind of an amazing stat comparing us to Burnley and pointing out that Burnley in 115 ga- games or so have basically committed the same number of fouls roughly as us we've had 15 players sent off in that time they've had none sent off right and so so there are there are stats to back up the idea that Arsenal treated harshly you know but it, it, so are we being treated harshly and is that is that is there a subconscious re- could, what do could you think could be the subconscious reason for referees to treat us harshly
0: Well, the the number of sending offs is, you know, so it's like unquestion- a self unquestionably high, and and can that surely play up into the mindset of everyone officiating them? I, th- I think it'd be very hard not to, right? There's so much said about it. There's so much written about it. It is an anomaly in terms of all the other teams I- I- in the Premier League. It's a, it's a, you know, an, a noticeable statistic. So, you know, you'd think that, that has to play some role. Uh, in it, but equally, if we look at the vast majority of the sending offs, how can we have you know too too many you know com- complaints about them? You think back to uh, you know the Gabriel one against Man City, just just mindless, um, you know Granite Jackers that he's had this season. I don't think you can argue. So um, I'm I'm not with those uh, calling um, for a conspiracy at the moment. So. Um I just just think there's a you know the, the players have, have, have let uh have let themselves down. With Martinelli, I do have a degree of sympathy. And it's obviously incredibly unusual to not know you're on a booking um and a lot of people are saying well i don't think he'd have had time to contemplate the fact that this might be like a, a freebie as it were like i'm probably going to get booked for the first one so i might as well do it because the guy's never going to send me off i think that can go through your head in about five six seconds i think you can acknowledge i've probably done something that's going to cost me a booking he's clearly played advantage and there's a great chance of bringing it back for a booking but he's not going to book me again i i just think you know, one hundred percent. If if the game stops, he gets a booking. He doesn't commit the second foul, and and therefore, I just you know, young lack of experience and maturity, and, you and also, know, I'm, you I'm just so
1: so glad we dug in. You also have to remember them from Martinelli's point of view that you know he's obviously been told by the manager. And the re- one of the reasons why he's now a, a fixture in the team until his suspension is because he does track back and he works so hard. So obviously, and, and there was a, there was about to be a goal scoring opportunity. I, I, I take Rick's point; he didn't need to foul him. I, I, I agree with that. But but I think the reason he did was because it's it, it, it's definitely instilled into him clearly by Arteta that he needs to do stuff like that, track back. Not you know, and sometimes I think we are committing more more of those take a foul for the team type. The cards that City, that City are the the geniuses of. For me, the difference between City and us is City have perfected it to such an extent that they literally half the team. You know, half the team can get booked for all the different fouls they commit, Um, but none of them ever get sent off because they're not because they're so clever in um, in the way they the way they then rein it in. And in fact, I think that control that City have is definitely lacking in our players, which is why I think the whole idea that while I can see. The stats and I can see you know it's weird that we've had so many sendings I do think it, it's down to the players. I think we've got a certain kind of player. You wouldn't get Xhaka and and in, in a way party gets booked as well pretty much a lot as well. Those kind of bookings that they get and that then they the verge on being sent off as well for subsequent things. That that's the kind of thing that city players avoid. And it's in its office, you know, partly they avoid them because they're way more expensive and experienced mostly. Well well granted Jacquel
2: avoided all of his red cards for Arsenal he's never been sent off for two bookable offences. Right. The problem is is that when you're on a yellow card, we had Jack and party booked in the first half on on Thursday night. And the problem is, is that it then affects the way you play. Like they did well, they did well to not get that second yellow, but Jack has never been, had never received two yellows because most of his reds are from doing something ridiculous. Yeah. I put an eight studs in a player's leg in like the 20th minute of a game or something ridiculous like he did against Man City. Um, so yeah, ultimately I think I agree. I do think we have, um, you know, we probably do make more tactical fouls if you like. Um, But if you want to be ultra positive and though I like Martinelli, I think hopefully this means that Smith-Rowe will become a permanent fixture. So I'm not Mm -hmm. to say that Martinelli won't come back in in some way but maybe it means that he'll rotate a little bit more Lacazette or Odegaard because I think Smith-Rowe should start every game for us. I I think it's one of the you know, mind-boggling things for me when I see the lineup is that Smith Rowe should should definitely be in that start tonight, regardless of how we've performed in previous games. The way the, for me, you play your best team, especially in the, the way our season's panned out, where we've only got league games. Smith Rowe should always be on that pitch. Um, so I think hopefully uh, Smith Rowe will come in on Saturday, have a good game, and he won't he won't be back out again in the following fixture.
1: Yeah, I do agree with that about Smith Rowe. Um, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back talking more about Arsenal after this. And we're back from the break. Josh, you were going to um, make... Do you
0: know very- what I just wanted to, to say that occurred to me, I think, in the last couple of days? Since we had beaten Wolves and Tottenham, of course, had an incredibly disappointing result against Wolves a few days later, I think Tottenham have replaced Arsenal as, as sort of the joke of other fans in the Premier League in the, in the last week. I think for so much of this season, it's been like... Arsenal have been you know the team that are going to mess up and, and and the rest of the premier league are going to laugh at. It's now Tottenham. It's Tottenham who've got this world class manager who is coming out with these comments that are you know as if he's surprised by what he's found at Tottenham and that he's so used to winning things so it's very difficult for him to realign his ambitions to only be the top four and he's not sure that he has the players that can do it. I think just all the attention has gone to Tottenham you used to turn on the feel mm. like turn on talk sport or five live arsenal was a topic a topic for you know not only our start of the season but you know the Bamiang situation I abamyang's mean, gone which i'm sure we'll talk about uh, in a moment but it's absolutely brilliant that spurs have become like the 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 kind of butt of all
1: other fans at the moment i there's feel there's always there's always been the word spursy though isn't it that's always been i think it's always been between us between the t- i think we i think and in fact this goes back to partly you know if you're thinking of theories as to the way referees treat us or the way we're regarded also by opposition teams. I think that's a general thing that Spurs and Arsenal are both southern softies, isn't it? Like, you know, kind of teams that can capitulate, that should be doing much better than they are, can capitulate at any given opportunity, um, can be absolutely um, bullied out of a game, you know, don't have the kind of what it tough, toughness. What it is. And I do think, I credit Arteta and the club in terms of the purchases we've got and in the in in the in the kind of single minded determination they are to buy players at the moment who are young and thrusting and you know athletic and all that that we it, we feel less of an easy you know, easy to turn over than Spurs, but I, th- I take your point. But I think, like, I think that I think we both of us are in in the in the media spotlight for that, and often are regarded as in that way. And I wonder whether you know these referees sometimes think, oh fucking hell, you know Arsenal ridiculous softies. I'm gonna I'm gonna send that player off. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of thinking thinking back to that whole theory. Um, just people get pissed off. I think I think neutrals find uh, find both Spurs and Arsenal in a weird way kind of a bit pathetic when we start when we lose games when we lose games that we should. So you're right about this terrible week that time that Spurs have had. But it only takes Josh a couple of defeats from us against teams that we should beat and then we'll be back being you know media um pundit hated not hated but certainly disrespected I think is fair to say um by the media. But I think Rick, Ricky, that um Listening to, I think, listening, looking at pundits, I think we are get, earning more respect, aren't we? I mean, these things change game to game, but I feel like we are earning more respect from the, from the, the people in the know.
2: I definitely think we're earning more respect. And I definitely think that you mentioned about our, the players that we're bringing in. That, for me, has probably been the biggest plus of recent times. I think all of the players uh, that we brought in over the summer were of a good age. Um, I don't think I might well be wrong, about this, but I don't think anyone over the age of twenty three or twenty four. We've definitely got a very clear uh, type of player that we want to bring in, which is really encouraging. I and and, it, and it's only a new thing because if you look at the summer before when we were when we bought William, um, you know it was definitely wasn't at the forefront of their minds then. But they've changed tactics, and that's brilliant. My biggest fear, and I know this wasn't necessarily exactly the question that you're asking, is you referenced it before though, is just how light we are. Um, mm-hmm. so Martin only coming out for one game it's mostly it's a spot on the bench that suddenly we just, we just can't fill almost, like we be brought in Nketia on Thursday albeit we didn't need to chase a goal but I know Josh alluded to him earlier um, he's not an option for me um, mm-hmm. and he should never be coming on, I was going to say full stop but maybe that sounds a bit harsh although I probably do think that but I don't want Nketiah to be coming on in order to win us a game mm-hmm. um, I'm not a massive Pepe fan I'm well, not a Pepe fan. And again, we're going to have to use him. Arteta obviously is not a fan, which is you know fair enough. He didn't sign, he didn't sign Pepe. Um, and I just, that that's where I think we could come unstuck is that we just don't have the options. We don't have any five. I look at Spurs. They, I know they did ship out a few players over in January, but they also brought a couple in and, you know, on, th- on Sunday, they brought on Kuliszewski. They brought on Bergwijn. Um, I just think that's where we could come unstuck. You know, if we we were, for example, if we had an injury to Lacazette or if one of Martin and Smith or Saka were out for longer term, longish term, I just see our full chance of finishing top forward just fade in an instant. And that's where I think, that's why it's frustrating that we didn't get a body. I actually don't think we ever, I can only assume we never had a chance of um, getting ravaged because I just can't, I've imagined how he was ever going to come to us if teams like Juventus. Not that you know they're doing particularly well this season. Just yeah. I think we were used, if you like, or it was just we just set our sights too high.
1: I think that Vlahovic um, situation was a massive fuck up. I have to say because I hear from what I hear, he was never. They never got any indication from him, the player that is, that he wanted. He was interested in joining Arsenal, and to put all your eggs in that basket when you have no indication that the player wants to join you is absolutely absurd. And I think that I really genuinely, and I know people are going to go, Oh, you know, wait and see what happens. I, I still cannot believe I will get that fourth place. I just feel like we're I, partly why everything that happens with Arsenal, at the moment, that, that the victory against all the, the in quotes celebration, the extraordinary celebration, the, kind of the, you know, the 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 fouls that we do commit, every, we're on an edge. We're on an absolute knife edge, aren't we, now, for the next, however many fucking games we've got. The next, you know, we've still got another, what, third of a season to go. and And every single game is on a massive knife edge because not only do we have to win them because we've got this... Gaggle of teams all vying for this full spot, which will be which will be absolutely game changing for us if we get it. But also, one injury, as you say, one injury to any of to to to, to whoever it could be calamitous. Josh is slightly shaking his head. I think it could be calamitous. I, calamitous, I agree with you, um, and. And that has, is down to the club, and I and I, and I know that they're, they're saying. You, and I totally agree. You don't want to buy a substandard, particularly in strikers. You don't want to buy a substandard striker if you can't get your number one target. But when your number one target was so ridiculous and absurd, that that I think that could well come and haunt us. Am I being unfair, Josh?
0: Well, look, we we leave ourselves in a uh, a delicate situation, don't we? I mean, when when you talk about. If one player gets injured, Are you, you talking about Lacazette? Is that, is that like, who um, do you think it would be the biggest loss right now if we lose one player out of the team?
1: Weirdly, Lacazette. Yes, I mean, I, all right, Martinelli goes up front, and maybe um, maybe Pepe comes in. But what? But Saka. What if Saka gets injured? Saka plays every single fucking game, right? Every single game, and and we're kind of used to it by now. But marauds constantly, even in his even in his less successful games, he's still. One of our most biggest threats, and for a team that's scoring still scoring has a problem scoring goals. everyone knows the state we have more red cards than goals this year, all of that any any of our forwards being injured is a is a disaster, I think, because because there's no backup. with balligans on loan, you know, perhaps doing quite well already. Yep. um so yeah,' I, I, I'm not, but even but equally, you know, the midfielders as well; they were out, and I know we kind of coped just about. But I think even Jacka or Party getting injured is a big issue as well. I think we're like... Yeah, uh, you the you know
0: there's Conga, you'd go there's Lukonga. You go there's El There are options. I mean, and, and lack is it? Is it three Premier League goals this season? I mean, it would feel a huge loss. Um, well, I know it's weird. But
1: I think then you you know would go um, with Martini up front. The, the but that is different. I mean, you, you said yourself that the story's coming out today aren't there that they're training Martinelli yeah. with, with a view to playing him central. But that's a—he's a very different player. He's not a hold the ball For sure. play. They have to—they re- have to completely change the way they play. Look, but don't they to yeah. some extent? Look, all
0: clubs will, will suffer with injuries. Right now, we've left ourselves in a—they've taken a real gamble, right? Because if two, three, or four of them do get injured, you know, on the on the forward side of the pitch, midfielders or or strikers. It's gonna, it's gonna get very difficult.
1: All get sent off, um, more likely.
0: Yeah, all get sent off. It's gonna get very difficult, very quickly. But um, you know, as you look at it right now, you know, some of the recent performances, I think, can give you hope that you know that there is enough there to go on to it. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel positive. I mean, the, the games we've got coming up, Brentford and Wolves at home. I mean, if we take six points out of six. It, it it's ours to lose and, and, and the pressure will will certainly be on
2: but
1: that's a big about if about we'll start, but,
2: Ricky what were you going to say I, th- I think what we haven't alluded to really is it's not and you sort of did a bit Boyd it's not so much just the fact that we're grinding our results it's performance I think if we would have won 5-0 on Thursday then you come away thinking, oh, we were amazing. We've created so many chances. But our mm. goal was incredibly scrappy, as, as you said. And that's why I'm fearful going forward is that we didn't create, other than Lacazette's miss, we didn't really create any other chances. And I think performance is what I judge us on longer term. Or, and I say longer term, even towards the rest of the season. You know, our top scorer in the Premier League is Smith Rowe, then it's Saka, and then it's Bambiang, albeit joint with uh, Martin Elliott. I know, the and it I didn't actually realize, and it surprised me Lacazette has only scored three goals, but I think it's more about the way he plays. And I agree, Martin, I when he comes in he'll play differently, but I'm fine with that. But it's not just attacking wise. Like for me, if we lost, I know Josh, you said the or I mean El again for me is is not good enough. Um and again, if we lost uh White or, or Gabriel, we would be in we would be in trouble. And um, mm-hmm. those two have been have been brilliant. Um, I think Gabriel maybe could be our player this season I wasn't a big fan of his last but I think this season has been he's been absolutely brilliant um city record against man city aside i sorry Ramsdale's maybe been our best player but you know what I mean like yeah. Gabrielle's been fantastic Ben White's been fantastic and if we were it de- obviously it depends on how long we're talking if holding had to come in for example on Saturday instead of uh, one of those two centre backs, you'd be confident but if we're throwing in holding for five or six games if we're playing Laconga instead of, well, actually I don't really, you know, Jack is not my favourite, but you know, if we're playing Lakonga or on any for five or six games, then I do think the drop-off is too big and that's where we could, we could, um, you know, we could come unstuck. We shouldn't have to, you know, hope that we score a crappy goal a, a scrappy goal from a corner in order to win any game I think yeah. you know we're not we don't look fluid enough and that's not to say we haven't been you know if you look back around Christmas time we were playing some great football and and beating teams convincingly but we need to try and find that form again not the form that we showed against Wolves really great at the back but not going forward or against Burnley we're not going to win enough games if we do that however the one question I would ask you Boyd because you said you don't think we'll get it is who is going to take the fourth score if, if it's not us who's going
1: to be. well i think that by hook or by crook and i know it sounds and i'm, I'm only I, I i think by hook or by crook man you yeah i mean i know they're terrible but if you i know they're terrible but
2: and
1: they I could still, of course they're position. they just they're, i think all of their issues are um Kind of mental, you know, as in they're all this bunch of fucking, you know, oh, overpaid, that, you know. <laughs> overpaid um, tossers who can't, you know, who kind of don't respect the manager and don't respect the manager's American assistant Ted Lasso, all that, the <laughs> whole thing. I think if that's, uh, I, I don't know, I just feel like uh, they've got. I think that the com- the combination of they're obviously much stronger squad. Spurs is... And I know the man. I mean, I love nothing better, don't get me wrong. And Josh is right about how pathetic it seems. But Conte, watching Conte drenched in the rain, <laughs> looking like fucking miserable, like he wants to end it all now, and realising he knows... You watch him in the... And it's hilarious. He knows he's made the worst decision. Why did he agree to join this fucking bunch of losers, having turned them down once? And he's now managing them, and they're absolute useless bunch of tossers. I still think somehow... That miserable, angry, but very, very experienced manager is going to somehow get them a few wins. I just think I don't know. I just can't, I'm, so I am a pessimist. I admit it. But I feel somehow either of those teams. Funny enough, I'm not even including West Ham. We probably have the best um, best chance do it because they, you know, they're playing better. <laughs> you know, but I don't really want their cat-killing, cat-kicking <laughs> player to do to get any, to do well. So I'm now doing. So I don't know. I'm, this rambling answer is it's more that i can't conceive that we're not going to get those injuries slash suspensions that are going to really affect our running more than theirs i think they could they' both all of those teams can cope better with injuries and suspensions
2: than we can but i wolves guess as well but wolves are in the mix
1: wolves are in the mix and and josh was saying you know when if we beat beat brentford and wolves but that wolves home game it's really fucking difficult you know sure obviously. but boys we, we've got to take it on with we, favorites we've gone
0: there we've won at yeah. more new yes wolves are in an extraordinary I run of, of premier league away wins but hey if we're gonna get fourth wolves at home is a, is a game we'll look at and, and and hope to win um i don't know i, I well, let i'm too. completely let me ask torn i'm torn with yeah. you i i still think Possibly we will be just short <laughs> and maybe. become fifth, but I, it, it, we couldn't have asked for more. So if to I go said right to you for now us in the last
1: week, it's gone right for us in the last week, but exactly. not even playing. Like we, the, the weekend went brilliantly for us without us playing. I mean that says a lot. I'm asking, yeah, but you that's two. a bonus. That's like I know. United
0: slipping up against the team that shouldn't
1: slip up. As, of you course know, going to Tottenham and winning. Of course, but we need to learn our lessons. We often fuck these games up. that we're about to take on. Let me ask you two: Do you think the we're going to Brent, Brentford? Here? Hang on. Brentford are in a. Uh, it's I know. Oh, it's terrible! Brentford and the,
0: the, the, there's oh. been a massive, I think, overreaction to how they start. They're not. They're not out of danger. Yeah, I Another know. three, I know. four games without a win, especially the way sort of teams in the, such as Newcastle have picked up points. Um, it could be a trouble. So I think Brentford is a a great game. I, I know, obviously, <laughs> that comes on the back of a draw against Burnley for us last time at home. But I don't know. I, I think just, uh, yeah. I think you have to start getting a bit more positive, boy.
1: Hey, if we come forth, I'm going to be so fucking positive. I, I, what are you
0: willing to do right now? What are you committing uh, to do? If we I come will to? take
1: you and Ricky out for a slap up meal somewhere ah. nice. Um, I've had a bet with Mark Kermode, right? On on this, you're a side point about the Oscars. Name drop for you. Yeah, yeah. I saw Mark at a screening last week. <laughs> And uh, he thinks that um, Belfast, the Kenneth Branagh film, is going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. I think it's going to be The Power of the Dog, the Mandic Cumberbatch film. And he's bet me. He's like, yeah, I'll take you up on that. And whoever um, win- wins takes the other one for di- pays the other one for dinner in Soho. So I am I- happy to lay that bet down on you.
0: Are you trying to mix those two events? Are we somehow uh, No, in the no, I'm just saying. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah <laughs> we can all yeah we can all muscle in on carbon you're
0: saying. just trying to only take one date out your diary because you are yeah. busy socially busy, you're man. just thinking you can kill two stones one bird when no, you have no, no. to a separate dinner, dinner for us
1: a separate dinner i'll tell you after you could do two shifts
0: we can come at like six <laughs> and invite him for eight we can have starters and then you yeah. can just have main course with him yeah
1: yeah i'm okay. happy with that Rick Peter express pizza express in soho you know well so you- we'll have dough balls, <laughs> and then mark will come <laughs> for the pizza yeah okay yeah okay. sounds good so let me ask you seriously, you two, are we going to finish fourth?
2: Go on, Josh, you go first. <laughs> well,
0: um, I, I, I felt we'd be fifth until last week, but I, I didn't see results. I wasn't necessarily sure we'd win at Wolves and the way the results have gone. United would have, will play tonight, but <laughs> you have to be more, more confident than you were a week ago. But no, I'm gonna to to say that we're still gonna come through. Do
2: <laughs> you know what? I can't do it. I can't do it. Amazing. But the boy, I laughed when you said suggests Man United, but really, like when you look at their squad, it's laughable if they didn't. Like if you yeah. look at their squad compared to ours at the moment, anyway, madness. However, I look at the league table right now, and you have to say we're in such a good position, but there's still such a long way to go. I really fear I, I fear for games like Wolves at home and even Brentford at home because I just I I'm worried for our firepower. Yeah, I, I said I said before Spurs played against Southampton, and I thought they're definitely going to finish the top four. They've got the best manager out there, they got a decent enough squad. And when I say best manager out there, I mean compared to the other teams around us. Um, although he's a very good manager. I think and I thought they're definitely gonna do it, but we, we are in such a strong position. I'm I'm trading my it. mind. We're gonna do it. We're gonna yeah, do it this, boy, this um,
0: boy, boy, We are we are gonna do it, right? Okay. I think because and and not least you know momentum is obviously going to play a huge part i'm you know totally convinced arsenal yeah. are going to beat brentford right I, I really um don't see us losing to wolves at home and we go to watford like watford who you know, you know i hope to, and, and suddenly in, in a couple of weeks' time, like forget it. Looking in a good situation right now, it, it could look unbelievable. In you know, in, in terms of just like what what it could be by could. the sixth, seventh of March, and it and could. suddenly I think if we can get a bit of momentum, put pressure, we're not the one with other commitments. No European football, cup football. Do you know what? I I I've gone. I'm I'm just in fourth. I'm I'm just in the mindset of
2: fourth, and the voice of positivity lives on. I think I'm glad you interrupted me there, Josh, because you stopped me from having to say whether I think we finished fourth or not. But I think the one thing we've really got going for us is um, how solid we look at the back. And that's not to say we won't, you know, if you look at the amount of goals we've conceded, you have to also factor in that we shipped quite a few goals in some city games like Man City and Liverpool. That, I think that was like, that's nine goals alone. We lost five nil. Was it five nil we lost the City at the beginning of the season, was it? Yeah, we wipe that one wipe that one from our memories but we definitely lost and I think away to Liverpool you wipe those two games out and we, we've we been good at the back so that yeah. really you're right We're dead.
1: Arsenal have kept five clean sheets in their last seven Premier League matches this is that. of the three goals they have conceded in that run two have come from penalties I mean we, uh, you're right I mean, if we do if we, I think it, I mean look at our goal scoring problems if we do get this it will be down to that defence and the goalkeeper who's been incredible. he was brilliant we should say you know, in that game, in in the Wolves game, and he's 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 a phenomenon, isn't he? And that, the, the stats about him, the number of free free sh- clean sheets he's kept, as opposed to you know Leno, etc. What a brilliant purchase he was! You have to credit. So yeah, I'm I'm I love him. I love. LO Young players, I agree totally that um, Smith and Rowe should be playing every game and I am optimistic. If we get this fourth thing, it will be an absolute fuck. Uh, I also promise to never criticize Arteta ever again. Kind of, maybe a bit,
2: if we get that. But hey, we, should,
1: we should get a specific prediction. Sorry, Ricky, what were you going
2: to say? I was going to say, it's an interesting point though about Arteta because I'm not his biggest fan. No. I think if we did finish fourth, of course, you you know you can can't say oh well look at the other teams around because that's just not fair because you know, that, that's like all, every season there'll be a team that underperforms and whatever it wouldn't make me think wow he's definitely the man to take us forward I would have think he definitely would have done a good job a very very good job for us to finish fourth but again that's when I look at performances it's like the way I, the way I when England were playing in the Euros and people were moaning about how we played poorly and we were boring and whatnot I always said I don't mind watching you and play poorly and we were boring for seven games if we win the Euros or whatever, because it's seven games, I can stomach watching England play badly for seven games. What I can't really stomach is watching Arsenal play boring football for 38 games in the league every season. And that's my issue with Arteta, is that I I want us to play excited football because I watch Arsenal every single week. I watch England, you know, every two years.
1: I agree, but we're, we're, I think we're, more exciting, than, we're much more exciting than we were a few months ago, aren't we? I, I agree with that. E- even when we're grinding these results out, I still think it's it's more exciting. That's I, all I wanted. I mean, even going back to the late Wenger period, my you know, when it became very repetitive and we kind of knew what was going to happen every single game. This, we, this is much more exciting now, which is all I wanted. Let me up. give you this quote before we go for predictions for the Brentford. This is from Joe Barton, who's a Spurs fan. He's a TV writer. He wrote a series called Giri Hadji, which is very good. He, he tweeted this week, Arsenal fans having a good week and getting excited about top four is very divorced dad getting his hopes up about megan fox being single energy which i thought was a very funny um analogy <laughs> and he's and i mean you know he may have a point that we are we're fantasizing a little bit but it could still happen what do we think is going to happen in the brentford three o'clock saturday kickoff josh two nil to arsenal football club good use of football club yeah like, the, the, Arsenal. Pun, the Arsenal the yeah, Arsenal the yeah. Arsenal Football Club that's what, what what pundits say when they want to, their point to be taken very seriously they suddenly talk about Arsenal Football Club
2: the Arsenal Football
1: mm. Club um, I wanted
2: you to take that seriously.
1: yeah I do take it seriously take
2: everything you say mm. can, you, can you make your prediction in the style of Frank Lampard <laughs> okay, more, more and more more and more famous every week
1: um, you do you do it you do I,
2: I can I can rip them off well um, but seriously now I um, I think well there's we, that we, clip
1: of there's that clip of Rio Ferdinand going through all the fixtures that Man U have got which I, which I, everyone where he goes win 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 doesn't win, <laughs> he? it you see that that's brilliant I haven't seen that no, that's a classic yeah uh,
2: Gary um, Gary Nicola did a good uh, impression of uh, Frank Lampard but at the end of match of the day uh, I'm going to go 1-0 I'm going to go 1-0 because that's what we seem to do and
1: long way it continue yeah um, I'm going to go 3-1 3-1 I think the gold scoring will come back um, yeah presumably Pepe will come in for Martinelli I'm hoping Smith-Rowe will come in for oh sorry Smith-Rowe will come in what am I talking about yeah hopefully Smith-Rowe will come in you're absolutely right um, and it'll be fine yeah anyway um, thank you very much as ever To Voice of Reason, Ricky Lawrence. Thank Thank you, Ricky. Josh, pleasure. pleasure. And we'll be back next week. Bye bye. Cheers,
2: guys. Cheers.
1: If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring